We are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. He comes to us from Austin, Texas. His name is Gary Faust. Last name is spelled F-A-U-S-T. And he is a journalist and producer. But I ran into him as I was studying this recent spate of kind of smiley face killer deaths or water deaths in Austin. And there's been about eight, I think, or seven or eight in the last year. But the most recent one was uh, fairly close to today is April 26th. Uh, it was a guy by the name of John Christopher Hayes Clark, who was found April 15th. But uh, there were other ones, and I've researched other ones, and I know some of the family members of the people who died in some of the earlier cases. But I was watching his stuff, and he has he's had really fascinating in-person interviews. So I just, I'll put links to his YouTube and where you can find these interviews. But he was talking to people face-to-face -face who... Uh, have discovered bodies and also who just were talking on the kind of most the kind of most active street for drinks and alcohol i think it's rainy street uh among other streets i think in austin but he can talk more than that, uh more about that so gary faust welcome to the show thanks for having me on man awesome so for people who may not have heard your name you we, we talked kind of uh earlier about you living in austin for seven or eight years can you talk about your background and your producing and journalist background and kind of how you got started in, on this story. So um, I moved to Austin about seven years ago and I moved here from uh, Northern California, but I'm originally from Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. And I moved out here to go to school at UT Austin and I studied journalism. I ended up getting my journalism, my bachelor's degree um, right at the, at the, uh, at when the pandemic started, I got the, my degree and got the hell out of there. But um, I got, got my journalism degree um, and I started uh, doing like field correspondence and some production for a show called Come and Talk It, which you have up on the screen right now. And it's a, a show that, uh, you know, it's all it's any anything Austin in Austin, Texas. We cover all the big news and big stuff out here, but it's largely um, topical and related to uh, guns, gun topics, and stuff like that. The host of the show, Michael Cargill, is actually suing the um, the ATF and the DOJ right now. So that's what we usually talk about. But when stuff like this that's uh, sort of like headline stuff in Austin pops up, we also do cover that. And then that's when he sends me out to go talk to people and do my investigative journalism. So, um, And then I also... Uh, I've been running my own podcast studio for a while. The, um, uh, Oh, I guess it's on the other side. Um, Faust TV studios. Um, so I do, um, I do a lot of podcasting, but my bread and butter is doing interviews. Um, whether it be men on the street or investigative style, like I did here with the, with this guy, Thad, or even sit down interviews or, you know, like what we're doing right now is a sort of a zoom interview, but that's my, uh, that's my background. Um, the this this situation that's going on here, uh, you call it the um, the water. I call it the smiley face killers or water death. Yeah, water deaths. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it right now because I don't know if it's totally connected to any of the smiley face stuff. I was actually just watching the podcast of the guy that survived in Boston that you sent me. Um, I didn't have a ton of time to watch that, um, but it's that that situation is somewhat different from some of the victims that uh, have cropped up in the Lady Bird Lake situation. So in 
in Austin, people have been saying for a while, for, you know, years, that there's somebody drugging and killing people on Rainy Street. It's always been speculation. Nobody's ever really connected the dots on anything. But this year, there have already been four. Uh, and if you include the body that Thad found, there's actually five bodies that have popped up around Lady Bird Lake this year since January 5th. That was when that when Thad found the body on the north side of Lady Bird Lake across from Oracle, which would be right near the intersection of Lakeshore and Pleasant Valley. Right across on the other side, on the south side, is where the most recent uh, body was found, which was a black guy by the name of... You said it before. John uh, Christopher Hayes Clark. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I don't have my notes in front of me. I wasn't... I'm not uh, super prepared today. I've had a very busy day. I got up at like six in the morning. So my apologies if I'm uh, a little bit murky on the details here. Um, these. So my point in, in pointing that out, though, is that these bodies are all being found in a very small uh, geographic area. Lady Bird Lake is not very large. Um, so if the fact that this many bodies have popped up in the same area and they're all I'm not positive about um, Jonathan uh, Christopher Hayes or whatever it is. Jonathan yeah. Christopher Hayes. Um, I'm not positive about where the last time he was seen, but the other bodies, with the exception of the one that, that is still unidentified that Thad found, they're all they have all been last seen on Rainy Street. Some people are trying to also uh, connect some of the deaths that have been found in the Shoal Creek with these as well which i at this point in time still would say is speculation because most of the people that have found shoal creek have been uh homeless people and homeless people unfortunately in austin when you have a homeless pop uh a homeless problem like we do it's relatively normal to find um you know a, a dead homeless person whether it's an overdose or you know, when it's when when the freeze came, maybe one or one or two of them froze to death. But um, that is not that's I don't know if that's totally connected. Right. So but there have been these suspicious deaths, of, like you said, over the last four months. Right. And you've been out. And what's the kind of attitude you think about the that the average person in Austin has about these? Because it seems like there's a lot of interest from. Yeah. In so there's uh there's definitely a lot of interest uh, surrounding this. What people are calling the lady bird lake killer that's what the facebook group has deemed the name of the killer to be if there is a killer but um it, I, it's weird man if you go and uh that's that that's the rainy street area that you were just zooming in right there yeah, yeah. um if if you go to rainy street and talk to people the people that work the bars almost all have been saying that they think it's just drunk people falling in the river if you talk to the average person that's just you know Visit, coming to town to visit they think it's sort of like uh it's almost like a tourist amusement in a weird way they didn't they don't seem to take it very seriously but there is there are people who are uh bar regulars that do have a bit more they're a little bit fearful of the potential of a of a serial killer right and i saw an article on fox news uh that said like they're afraid of a roofie killer or something like that and they actually kind of emulated you. You were the first to kind of go to Rainy Street and actually talk to people face to face. And then I saw Fox News did it about a week later. But uh, that was interesting, too. So people kind of had a blase attitude, at least 
there, but that that uh, Ladybird Killer Facebook page has like I think eighty thousand. Eighty thousand. Yeah, I was actually just looking at it earlier because uh, now we're getting TikTok stars or TikTok influencers and Instagram influencers that are putting their two cents in who've done, you know, they've sat behind a computer and and done their uh, keyboard research, and I'm not knocking that, but uh, just looking at numbers and statistics. Uh, is not how it's not that's not really journalism you have to actually go to the to these locations and talk to the people that are there and find out for yourself what actually is happening so now we're in in that group we're getting people that are saying i cracked the case at three in the morning last night oh wow because they yeah it's it's uh it's almost like they're doing it for clout or because they know that if they put hashtag atx serial killer or something like that it's gonna um it's gonna get them views or something and um that that's not like uh that i don't know if that's totally like a legitimate way of investigating this i will say though that that facebook group there have been people who have been connecting things that may have not been connected prior because there is a lot of communication between a number of people who uh, are all interested in the same topic so i'm not knocking the facebook group per se right but you are making an interesting point because i've seen this not just in these kind of crimes but people who've latched on to something of great public interest to magnify whatever their social media standing or something, or actually turn it to a real financial gain. I know there's a name of this guy in Chicago. I think he's kind of doing that. Like, I don't know if he's really interested in solving or getting to the bottom of it, but he's making a name for himself. Uh, We've been, uh, so this is, this is actually sort of how this, um, how this all started. I don't even know if you know this, but uh, right before this started blowing up in the, you know, national news, uh, the show I produced, come and talk it. Um, we actually brought this to light because people in Austin have been saying there was a serial killer or what I think is more likely is like a serial roofier. Like you, like you had mentioned, um, we had, we, we, we mentioned it on an, on an episode prior to this one that, um, I missed that one though. But yeah, it was, it was the original one that we, that we talked about it on. Um, we actually mentioned that we, we were, we were asking the question, is there a serial killer in Austin, Texas? Because people keep saying that, uh, you know, this person was, was totally fine. They had two drinks and then they're all really, they're really messed up. And then they're found in the lake dead. So we actually asked the question and then, the, and then right after we, we had that podcast episode, the, it became like a bizarre national sensation with a lot of people speculating. And, you know, this is a talk show that we're doing. So it's not like um, we have all the answers or anything, but some of this stuff has gotten so out of hand to the point now where um, I I just think things are being connected that aren't related to a certain degree. However, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just, I just want to make sure that everybody stays grounded because, um, You know, they're like in the police. The, the the problem really boils down to the fact that the police have not really been transparent and they're just saying it's uh, these are just a series of accidents. Well, that's that that's weird. I mean, there's been th- uh, this many series of accidents in uh, a span of four months. I mean, that's like almost uncalled or un- unheard of, you know. Right. And they're the police are coming out. I've seen I saw one video on Facebook of the police coming out. There was also a police statement in Austin, right? About like, Hey, this is not really happening. Right. Isn't there like I I think I actually have my Austin slides here. 
because I did another show on this, the police statement. Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, the if the if the police were a little bit more transparent in explaining why they didn't think there was any foul play involved with any of these, I think it may calm people down if that's the case. But we have cases like Randy Lexvold. Let me get a little specific here. Randy Lexvold was one of the Shoal Creek cases that I don't necessarily think is connected to the Lady Bird Lake cases. However, I interviewed um, his sister. Lori Faber. And when I talk to her and she gives us the details and then shows us the information and he's, you know, he's damaged head to toe and there was a busted up scooter found near him. And he's, he's, it looks as if like there's a hit and run situation, but the police say that the project, the trajectory of the body, it's impossible that it was a hit and run, but they didn't close the case. They just kept it. The case suspended. That's an example of, you know, the police saying one thing, but sort of inferring another thing. If they were positive that this was this and, and not to mention, uh, if you're not familiar with the Randy Lexfold case, you can you can um, look up uh, Jamie Hammonds with Dash. Uh, I was with him when we interviewed her and he got, uh, you know, I, we, we recorded the interview and I believe he's going to be uh, releasing it here soon. But. The, the bridge that we're talking about, Shoal Creek Bridge, is a 15-foot bridge. You're not going to – the guy broke his femur. You're not going to break your femur falling 15 feet, you know? It just – it literally doesn't make any sense. And so that's the kind of thing where, like, the people's trust in the police declined because of stuff like that. And then – and so that happened a while back. And then that – since there, since that lack of trust in police has decayed over the past, you know, five – six, seven, 10 years. We're at the point now where when they're telling us that these people that are missing, that there was no foul play. Well, people are suspicious and don't necessarily believe what the police are releasing to the public, the information that they're releasing. Right. You know? And you can't really blame them. They might not give the full information about what happened. Because to these they guys. have the ongoing investigation. So potentially it makes sense that they are not releasing information. However, at this point, I would hope that if they were withholding anything to, um, you know, to uh, uh, mitigate public pandemonium or public uh, hysteria, yeah, then it isn't working because this, I think it, it's at the point where people in, people in Austin, I mean, you mentioned this, I was getting my hair cut earlier, man, and I mentioned that I was, uh, I mentioned to the guy, my barber, I said, yeah, I'm looking into this, uh, this uh, the potential of a serial killer. And he, his eyes lit up. I mean, any, anybody and everybody in Austin has heard about this at this point. So I would hope that the police are being transparent with whatever they're finding at this junction in time, unless it's like, you know, some sort of like critical evidence that's um, going to, you know, throw off their investigation and find the killer or something like that. But like I said, uh, I, I, I don't know. I have no like definitive opinion on this yet. It's it is it is weird that every single one of these people that they're finding, with, except the uh, the recent one, Christopher, um, Jonathan Clark, or whatever, yeah. Jonathan, so, uh, John Clark. Christopher Hayes Clark. I think he goes by Christopher Clark, Christopher Clark. With the exception of him, it's all been um, uh, white and Hispanic males, brown hair, brown eyes. And they've all been last seen at Rainy Street and they've all been found in Lady Bird Lake. That's the right. So, 
That's but why. they never nobody's seen them go into the water. They were just found in water. So this is kind of similar to those cases where they just disappear and later to be found in water, right? Right. And that's and that's kind of why uh people were saying that the interview that I did with Thad about the body that he found on January 5th, um that this is that's this is that's why um people were saying that that was bizarre because that body was not found in the water. If you listen to what he says, he said the body wasn't even wet, but he also said that there was a person there at the scene that was watching him realize that this was a dead body and then stayed and continued observing him and was very interested, as, as Thad said, in what he was doing. And then once Thad realized the body, it was a dead body, he called the police, informed them of of what you know what was going on and then once the police got there the guy that was watching them left so you know in a in like you know let's say that in like some crazy world this was this could have been a situation where thad stumbled onto a guy that had just killed somebody and was about to throw him into the water and make it seem like it was a um a a drowning death and then he you know potentially stumbled onto it before he could do that because that was what that's one of the theories that they're floating is that uh, the killer is killing these people in some way that's untraceable in an autopsy and then putting them in the water. So it appears that they've drowned. Right. And so everything's right. coming back that way. This is all sort of coming back to me, man. Sorry, I was a bit. Right, no, it's OK. But the thing is, is that interview is like a very important interview, I think, because <laughs> it shows that that wasn't really a water death at that time. It was near the water. Right. But how many of these other deaths are near the water and not in the water? What did the police know? Did, you know, they just say a body is found or a body. Well, and we, and we even, this is what this is what's what's mind blowing to me here. I even uh, was talking with Jamie and we reached out to the detective on that case. And we've heard nothing from them. As far as I know, um, I've been kind of letting Jamie take the lead on this for the past week or so, because I've been busy with a bunch of production stuff. Um, and that's and Jamie it, Hammond from Dash, right? Dash, that's another yeah, documenting agent. You interviewed him too. He's on this interview with you. This, that's yeah. him right there on the yeah, top. Yeah, right we've been yeah. we've been covering it together. I've been staying in touch with him. But like like I said, the past about four or five days, um, I was actually I've been working on a documentary on the uh, the Sunset Strip Comedy Club here in Austin. So for the past five, actually six days, I'm sorry past six days i've been working on that so i've been just getting you know as much information from him as i can when i'm free but today was my first day back so i was playing catch up all day um but uh yeah he's he's been following up on it and him and i have a uh, have shared all of our intel or information with each other and he's you know boots on the ground he's out there every day filming stuff and um he he has all like, you know, pretty much like the inside track on a lot of this stuff. Um, it's easy for people like us to cover this because we don't work for corporate media. We're not being told what to say. We don't work for legacy media like Fox News or CNN or something like that. So we're going out. And uh, the only person I really answer to in terms of journalism is myself. And when it comes to doing the production stuff for Come and Talk It, I obviously, you know, I work for Cargill, but. Other than that, we go out there and we we just report whatever we see. And sometimes we we aren't completely accurate because we are basically a two man crew here um, on on this story. But I mean, he's been on top of it, right? And he's he, interviewing. He said he's posting an interview, I think, with Lori Faber. Yeah, that's the one that tomorrow. So that recorded it up here. Yeah. 
And this is Cargill in the red shirt here on the top Yes, sir. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you saying that this is also published as a podcast? Uh, yeah, we just put it. Okay, it's, so. a li- it's a live stream. It's a live, it's a live stream. stream. Just call it a talk show, podcast, whatever. A lot of those terms are in- interchangeable for our, for all intents and purposes. Because um, I, uh, I, yeah, I saw this on. Where did I see this? It must have been on uh, Band. Band. Yeah, that's where. It yeah, was, yeah, that's we. We. It's on there as well. Um. Right. So. So for, these for, are- we cover two A. We we get channel strikes and have a hard time with social media so but some of these deaths are very suspicious like the family say it's suspicious jonas jason john jonathan honey some of these guys are from out of town too so austin right. has a lot of tourists coming through as well and partying yeah randy lexfold was from out of town yeah that's right um i believe martin gutierrez i i was on the phone with with uh his, one of his family members um well, I don't want to say her name, but she uh, she told us that he had blunt force trauma to the to the back of his head, the lower right occipital, which for those of you that don't know, is basically where your neck connects to your skull. Um, that's where your occipital nerve is. It runs down your spine. Uh, that that could be that's interesting to me, because as far as I know. None of these other bodies, except Randy Lexfold, had any real, like, visible trauma, physical trauma to the body, except Martin Gutierrez. So that makes that sets him a little bit apart. Um, my my question though is, um, how like, th- okay, I guess not my question, but like, what I can surmise from that is that if there is no trauma. Or, or any violence being done to these people in terms of physical violence, then that le- lends the question, how are these people getting to the point where they're falling into the water and drowning? And that's why I think people have come to this with up with this theory that they're being roofied. Um, I myself have been roofied on 6th Street. I Or, or not roofied, it wasn't roofed, and it was, um, I got drugged with um, ben- a benzodiazepine, which... Oh, wow. For those of you that would not know what that is, that's the, the the more scientific name for something like Xanax. But um, I had I had like two drinks uh, over maybe a two hour period of time, and I don't remember anything. Hmm. How long were, did you was your memory gone for? Do you remember? I mean, probably like five hours, six hours. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that's how long I was functioning without knowing what was going on. I woke up at my house, so I actually went to bed and everything. So I'm really missing a, like a big chunk of time there. But I, my point is just that. Um, there is like a like a drugging problem in Austin on Sixth Street on Rainy Street. Those There's the- one here in L.A. It happens here in L.A. too, where I live, like in downtown at night and uh, some of the after bars and stuff like that. Right. There's stories of people getting drugged and missing their stuff, missing time, you know, missing right. their belongings. Uh, I just went over a case just the other day of four guys in New York City who were doing that to people, drugging them. Two got murdered, but they would take all their stuff. And there were 17 associated cases, they think. So these guys were working as a squad. It was, it was, like it was three dudes. Yeah. They just got arrested in April. So this was, yeah. So it's like a functioning squad of doing this uh, in the gay community. So well, I, I wonder why, like, what would, what would be the purpose of that? Because none of these, I don't think any of these people have been mugged. I mean, the video you sent me of the guy that survived the, uh, the Boston situation, he had all of his stuff. He was yeah. going to dig a leak in the water. And right. why you know, motive? What's the motive? Right. It's a good question. Strange. Um, 
people have floated the idea that there's multiple people doing this and it's a cult related. I have no evidence of that other than the fact that uh, the where we interviewed the Thad, which was the same location where he found that unidentified body on January 5th. There was um, like satanic spray paint and weird symbolism spray painted on the trees. Right, there it is right there, right? Yeah. 666. And there was some, some other kind stuff. of like downward cross upside well, down. It looks like a female symbol. Or something, or like an upside down cross would, I guess, make more sense. Um, and they mentioned that, like, uh, Tad said or Thad said that there was some kind of cold activity. Have you ever heard anything of like cult uh, groups in Austin? Does that exist? Cult groups, um, like a cult groups. He said that there was occult symbols in occult groups. I thought he said that in that interview. Do you recall that? Yeah, I I don't, I don't actually remember if, if he said that in the interview or not, but he definitely said that he mentioned something like that off camera. Um, hmm. There's there's definitely some weird satanic like groups in Austin, but I don't know if they would do something like this. Uh, the, the people who are spray painting 666 and stuff like that on trees and whatnot would be it reminds me of maybe like a deranged transient. I just get the vibe like this would, I don't know. I, I like, I, like I said, I don't want to speculate too much. So I just will keep my opinion to myself. Um, for a while I was, I, I, I still kind of am, am hesitant to say whether or not I think this is actually a serial killer or group of people uh, committing these, committing these uh, potential murders. I, but do you look at these, uh, the, what's called the ladybird killer? These are kind of out of the ordinary. Don't you think that they're suspicious in general? The, the the entire interview I did with Thad was suspicious. Yeah, he was super suspicious. He said he walked and watched the body for an hour and a half. And didn't well, he was well, I, dead, think right? what, I think what he was trying to say was that he didn't realize at first that it was a dead body for like an hour. And then once he realized, he did call the police. Because, uh, you know, he was like, what, like when I when he came to uh, to talk with us, when I interviewed him, the first thing he did was sit down to roll a joint. So he's definitely a big pothead and big enough pothead to the point where he's in a uh, group chat that all they talk about is their smoke spots. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I, you I, mentioned I, he was, he was moving off of meth into pot. So it's pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, he could have some wires crossed, um, you know, but, but it, like yeah. there's, there's weird satanic spray paint like that in in all sorts of places in austin you know mm. that's why i'm saying i don't know if that's necessarily like if that necessarily has to do with any specific satanic or occult group in the city right i would say a lot of the urban centers have some kind of weird you know there's a gay underground or gay community in most of the urban centers and there's also right. new age whatever however you ever want to typify it is this in you know yeah, anywhere, even rural areas too. But I'd say Austin is kind of like uh, the bird. Well, you know, and, and originally he actually said that the it, Jamie told me that originally Thad had messaged him and said that the guy who was in the black hoodie that was watching the whole situation unfold, that was interested in what was going on, he said that he had been the one who was doing the spray painting. Oh wow! So there was some connection there. And he didn't. He said he got the vibe that he was involved, right? This that's what he said. Him. Yeah, yeah. But he could like. That's why I. It's I'm taking everything he says sort of with a grain of salt because, you know, 
if he was really stoned, he could have sort of created a situation in his head that might be a little bit exaggerated. Have you heard of the death of Joel Darusha? I think he was found within the last few days, somewhere kind of close to the river. Have you heard his name, Joel Darusha? Looking it up right now. Yeah. Um, how do you spell that last name? D E R U S H A. And there's a GoFundMe, but it's like this is from today. A GoFundMe. Let's see. He was found at the 500 block of Thompson Lane. Do you know where that is? Let's see. Let me see if I can bring this up. This is the guy right here. Stop. Present. This is Joel Darusha. Sudden death and loss. Passed away. No cause of death released. Family wants privacy. 500 block of Thompson is kind of close to where Clark was found. Like I'll bring it up on here. Let me see if I can find my, my map. Now, now people say like, okay, so I pull up this this Fox News article here, and they're talking about how uh, the police chief Jos Joseph Chacon said that detectives suspected accidents or suicides in the recent string of deaths. Um. His statement comes as speculation that deaths in the city's Ladybird Lake four since February and double that over the past year have a connection. So it's double that of last year. That's what I was getting at earlier was that it's the number of deaths is ridiculously high double. Um, this is where Darusha was found kind of close downstream to Colorado, but not that far away from Clark. If you can see on this map, Clark was found on Pleasant Valley Road. It's yeah, now here's right the here, thing right? though. If you look at that map, all the bodies have basically been found between for anybody watching this on the, the, the stream, between where that says Fairmont Austin, that's a good um landmark for right. Rainy Street. Uh -huh. A little bit down of that into where Lady Bird Lake is, the Rainy Street District, that that's the bodies have been found between there and the dam. Which Pleasant is, Valley Dam, right? The, right. The and that dam, the body of um, Christopher Clark was found near the dam because that's upstream. That's the way it would have floated. Or, I'm hmm. sorry, downstream. Right. So maybe he was thrown in upstream and, and floated down to the dam. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Now, the other body here you're saying is like... Darusha's right here. Yeah, you see this red dot. <laughs> that's him. Right. So what would what would connect that? You know, I'd have to research know. a little bit more. When, I don't uh, know. It just when, was a recent case. That's it. You know, that's all right. I know. Was Two days ago, right? He went missing Thursday, April 20th at 4 a.m. in Austin. He left his vehicle unattended with his phone keys, wallet, and money still inside. And then he was found uh, 22 years old. Here. Now, I will also say this. Jason John. Um, so, when... When... Um, when we when Jamie talked to his mom, she said that uh, he did not like to swim and would not go near water, which is really wow. bizarre. Yeah. Um, That's why it's important to talk to the families because the families can suss out when something's wrong. Because there was a guy on the list in Austin where the family said he was miserable and depressed, and we know he ended his life. Like, so that's like one where you can take off to off the list. But I I know that there was an interview with. Um, one of the earlier cases there, I can't remember his name right now. It's uh, 
I have too many windows open. It was um, Julio Santos. Like his, his sister's online on YouTube and flat out said something strange happened with him. And I think he was kind of in the LGBTQ. He was trans, right? Yeah, I think it was trans or something, or something like that. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, but you know, to to um, counterpoint to that, though, uh, we reached out to Christian Pugh's parents. Christian Pugh was found like deep in the brush near the river, I believe, uh, years ago, 2018, I think. Uh, he went out and he got potentially drugged or drank, got really drunk, and he went missing for like three days. And then they found him like in the bushes. Um, and he said he didn't remember anything. And that's where the whole that I believe might be where the whole roofie thing came from. Because you got to remember, like, it's this has been going on for years, these rumors of a serial killer. It's only until recently because local news, corporate news, and legacy news were not covering it at all in any capacity. It wasn't until recently when um, these bodies started rapidly showing up that uh, Cargill and I were, were like, well, is there actually a serial killer? Because, you know, we blew that off for a long time ourselves. And then, and then all these bodies started piling up. And we, in this Christian Pew uh, situation, it's one of the most interesting ones. He came to town to see Tom Segura and he ended up getting too drunk and went missing for three days. And then he was found like kind of beat up. Now, to Mike, I said, it's a counterpoint to what you were saying to, to, to interview these families because um, sometimes the families know what's going on and they're in touch with, with their, their sit their whether it be the sibling or their son, their spouse, whatever. Um, but in this situation, Christian Pugh's family said that they were like, well, we just want uh, he just wants to be left alone. He's having a hard time dealing with this very traumatic experience. And, um, you know, it was a uh, it was a um, life altering brush with death. And then I was I thought, OK, wow, I'm going to reach out to him regardless if I can find his personal info. So I did. He, he never responded to me. But in that search to find his personal uh, contact, I did find a podcast he did, the Honey the Honeydew podcast with Ryan Sickler. And I believe it's behind a Patreon paywall. But I saw a clip of it, and that's how I knew that he said he came to town to see Tom Segura. He literally did a public podcast, a podcast that's produced by your mom's house, which is a big podcast production company. He literally did a podcast with them talking about what happened meanwhile his parents say that he wants to be private and remain anonymous or whatever so interesting you know again um, you gotta look do you know up. how how recently that podcast took place on um honeydew Ooh, let me look that up i i want to say it was five six months ago so not not that long ago but sometime in the last year wow okay yeah and uh and did, have you seen his dad and the brother of Martin Gutierrez? I think it's Mitchell. Matthew Gutierrez. <laughs> okay, seeing, um, I said January. It was actually, I believe, December. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Uh, and then there was a city council meeting where these guys talked to the council this month. Are you aware of that? I'm sorry? Well, there was a council meeting where the father of P, uh, Christian Pugh and... Martin Gutierrez's brother made a statement to the city council in Austin. Are you aware of that? Um, no, I didn't. Yeah, know. no. So they are online. It was on one of the 
it's this this whole situation is being covered covered worldwide and it was on the mirror uk website i saw it i'll send you the link right i'll send you the link after this so at least the city council is taking time to have these guys on you know which is interesting and they're still willing to talk to the city council at least that's the right two family members um i i will i will say that i believe um i heard secondhand that with honeydew he said christian Pugh said that he was told he fell off the congress avenue bridge hmm. where's that what is that this 35 no congress ave would be uh they're zooming closer over there to the yeah it's oh good. ann richards congress, this is it huh Right, which is right near, well, not right near Rainy, but it's close it's enough. People regularly walk over, so that's not an unrealistic thing for it to happen. Wow! So somebody saw him fall off by himself. Wow, that's crazy. Allegedly, but again, that 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 just doesn't. Three days. I mean, the Christian Pew one is the weirdest one to me. It's weird. It's that's- it's the most bizarre one, bizarre incidents out of any of these. The Christian Pew situation is the one that makes me i mean he was missing for three days you don't get drunk and fall off of a bridge and live for three days like how did he end up in the bushes you know he didn't this doesn't make any sense he did this doesn't make any sense it doesn't make sense it's very strange very i mean this whole thing there's just a, a lot of weirdness where was lexfold found he was found not in Old Creek. where's, where's um, what, what part of the city is that that's actually, you know, it is close to. Um, it's this creek right here, right? That goes into Rainy District. Is yeah, that right? yeah, yeah. It's actually not far from Rainy. Maybe I should not be discounting those those deaths, but it just doesn't really fit the mold of Shoal of, Creek. I see. Yeah, so it's it's in yeah. the general downtown area, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because uh, Rainy is the most supposedly the most active. But I've been in Austin and these kind of areas on 5th and 6th Street may not be like the real kind of heavy drinking area, but there's a lot of bars and well, 6th Street is the biggest drinking attraction in the entire city. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely right on the money. Okay. 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 6th Street is there. So there's the three parts of 6th Street. There's West 6th, uh, there's Dirty 6th, and there's East 6th. And Dirty 6th Street is right in the middle, right where you're pointing at. And that's that is that's the biggest drinking attraction in the city. Okay, gotcha. I wonder why they, they fix it on rainy then. I guess all the guys were on rainy. So that well, would be something. Is water. Like, right. I wonder if there is a, like somebody should trace where all these guys were and see if they were all at the same place. I think that you guys said it or somebody else did. Like, is everybody at the same venue? Can they correlate well, them no, to some um, things? One of these guys, I mean, I'm, I just wish I had, would have had time to prepare a little bit more. I just had a really long day. Um, one of these guys was at, it, it was, I think it was Martin Gutierrez because I talked to his, his, um, one of his family members about it. And she told me that he was at, he was at a bar and they, they got security footage of him. Then he was at another bar, I believe the Lustry Pearl, and they refused to give the security footage over of him. And that was the last place he was seen. Interesting. So they yeah. wouldn't give it to him. Wow. And, you know, actually, um, I think that, so the lady I spoke with, um, her husband is actually blood related to um, Martin Gutierrez. And I think that and this again, this is the guy who had blunt force trauma to the back of his head, lower right occipital. I believe that he's going to actually come on, come and talk at this Sunday. Oh, and nice. if we can't have him on, 
live. I think we're going to, I'm going to do a pre-recorded interview with him because um, that was another one of the, one of the, uh, the deaths that I thought was very suspicious because the, because of the fact that there was the trauma to the back of the head. Right. And it fits in with that thing I showed you about the, the guy, the victim five months ago in Boston, somebody hit him in the back of the head, just like that. Well, his, lines, I, I heard that his ear was uh, uh, um, damn near ripped off. Yeah, that's I mean, true. he was like violently assaulted, but none of his stuff was taken. So, <clears throat> excuse me. You also got to keep in mind that there is um, I, from the beginning. Um, I joked that uh, that it could be a. Uh, like a, a closeted gay guy who's going after these gay, like men that he would be attracted to. And that was the reason that was his, that was his MO. But from the beginning, I've, I've sort of have had a thought that if there was a serial killer in the, in, regarding these deaths, that it would be a transient person because not a homeless person, but a transient who would, who had a vehicle and could move from location to location quickly, but also would have access to some of these areas because uh, like some of those areas along the water, or in the woods, like there are a bunch of homeless people. Um, and in the Shoal Creek area, if it is connected, is filled with homeless people. So, you know, hmm. do you think it could be one of them? Do you think it could be a homeless person? That's that's kind of what I'm saying, but maybe mm-hmm. not like full on homeless. I mean, somebody that I think would be like a transient type, like somebody who could hang out with homeless. I think that right. Richard Ramirez was like that. He would move around a lot, but he also could like hang out with the, in the underground, like really right. sketchy areas and cheap hotels and that kind of thing. It could be somebody like, like that. And it makes me think of what was the serial killer who killed women because he had a crowbar and that's how he would abduct them as he hit them really hard in the, that area of the head, you know, to uh, stun them. It was. Um, well, as far and as far as what the police are saying, there's no like sexual aspect to any of this. So it really does argue like, what exactly is the mo here what's the right. what's the motive why is this happening they're not stealing their stuff right the phones are found their, their wallets found no nobody's running their you know credit card or atm or anything like that that's so it's very strange if they're being murdered uh like if they what's, are, yeah. what's going on yeah it is odd. Right. i do think that the majority i've just studied 120 cases and i think of well, those 120 90 percent of them have to be some kind of malfeasance it's not you know, falling uh, falling asleep at the water or anything. Or I think they may well, some of these guys may be abducted and drowned in another place, which is really strange. Yeah. Um, I also had the idea, the thought that um, these potentially somebody posing as an Uber driver was picking these people up. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Because if they're all going from rainy and they're going home, they're headed home, they're calling an Uber or, or they're or if they're drugged, and they're wandering around aimlessly and somebody says, Hey, I can get you home. I'm an Uber. Right. And, you know, right. Um, or they may follow him out, right? Hey, I know if I drug oh, this guy, I'm going to go get right. in my car. Get and yeah. Yeah. Get him. Yeah. Well, but see, again, this is all speculation. This is, um, you know, I gave you some of the facts that we've reported on and, and my specialty honestly is interviewing people. That's just what I'm, what I'm good at. Um, I should I, I should try to find Julie Julio Santos's sister because she thinks something really sketchy happened to him. I know she did an re- interview very recently within the last month. So, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, there's so many strange. These cases are all they don't make a lot of sense. But uh, we're almost at 45 minutes, Gary. Where's the best place? I mean, you say come at come and talk it is all one. Yeah, come and talk it is um, 
Come and talk it. Yeah, it's just a play on words. Um, so you're the producer there, right? Yeah, I'm the the uh, main. Produ- yeah, the main producer there. Main the- producer, and then you also have a Twitter. I contacted you on Twitter, so people can find yeah. you on Twitter. And then your interviews are on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube yeah. and Instagram are the places I'm the most active. I I honestly stay away from Twitter because most of it's just a bunch of. Uh, it's it was it's meant kind of for news. It's a perfect platform for news, but there's just so much p- political vitriol that I look at it and I just get disgusted. So I honestly just try to stick to Instagram and YouTube. Makes but um, yeah, it's Gary R. Faust across all those platforms. Um, and it's F A U S T F A U S T, and you're still involved, so you're still doing interviews, interviewing yeah. People, yeah. I had to just kind of take a week off because we were doing a huge documentary shoot, the, the third and final, um, at this at this comedy club that I I essentially helped open. Um, but uh, I was kind of I ended up like living that story for the past two years, covering the comedy. <clears throat> the comedy scene and Joe Rogan moving here and all that crazy stuff. It's been a wild, uh, wild couple of years, man. It's interesting. A lot of things are happening, changing in Austin. I mean, do you think that it could be the next kind of place for like a comedy? Absolutely. Uh, bloom Absolutely. It or already or... pretty much is. Uh, it is. Okay. Yeah. That's probably why you originally thought I was a comic. I thought it's, I mean, you know, I just scan a lot of information, but I came across something that said comedy or comedian. So that's what I, I just did a lot of production work in comedy the past two years and um, ended up, it, it ended up my foray into comedy sort of ended with me helping to produce a documentary on the opening of a club. Um, my friend, Adam Hartle was the original owner of the club and he had a heart attack and passed away. Oh, I'm sorry, um, yeah. And so I, I like, really want to make sure that this documentary is done well um but uh yeah do you have a name do you have a working name for it um i really shouldn't be talking about that okay uh, okay then let's not talk yeah about it. The, the, the director is the creative genius behind everything his name's nick cavalier um he's actually a super 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 interesting person he's a director from uh la um he covers he he did a documentary on uh Billy Bonell, a comic out there, and on Jade, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jada, I don't even know how to say her last name, but he, he's worked in comedy as well. But he's also done some serious stuff like this thing called Oscar Mike, where he's working with veterans that are that have been disabled. I mean, the guy's like, honestly, he's sort of a creative genius. And uh, but that's what we've been working on. And that's why I kind of fell. I'm like a week behind now on all the serial killer story, stuff. Right. So. And I well, there's serious. a lot happening. There's a lot happening here in Chicago, and then there's been stuff all over the country: Houston, Iowa City, Pittsburgh. Iowa yeah, City know, Christian um, Martinez, April 22nd. That was like four days ago. So here's here's my thing. I'm trying to stay up on Austin so that anybody who wants to know what what I've discovered about um, you know, each each victim, I can give them a pretty like verified answer i don't like to speculate too much like I, I like i sort of did today i like to have the facts down and really know what i'm talking about um but before before you go gary what was the guy's name that tad found did you ever place a name to that, that victim? No, so that's that's what i was saying that's why i'm i'm willing to oh, kind well. of speculate with this because um it's sort of unusual that we still haven't figured out the uh the the identified the body um i looked through the records that people had had created 
Um, and we did, uh, we did do a FOIA request for any info on this and we haven't got anything back from the police. So, and yeah, they are argue that they're understaffed. So things are moving slower and they have DPS down here, Texas DPS down here helping out. But like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think they're, they're weary to give out any information because of the potential that this actually is something seriously fishy going on here. And if it's connected to something like um, a ring of, you know, a group of murderers, like the smiley face killings are potentially, then that is something seriously evil and uh, something that needs to be, it does honestly need, I mean, I can, I can kind of understand that that it does need to be handled in the appropriate fashion and they can't just be giving out all of their information. Right. Makes sense. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for doing the work. Thanks for doing the legwork too on, on site so much different than a keyboard warrior and kind of, I do, but uh, it's important <laughs> to get the basics of the stories because sometimes it even gets worse when you have somebody on the ground, like you actually trying to figure things out. Then you get, you hear things from the family or other <laughs> facts like this kind of strange case, like this tad guy in a body and a guy in a, it's almost like a movie scene or something with a guy in a hoodie watching you know 100 yeah it, away. Like, it's, weird. it's really weird um but yeah i'm just gonna stay back i'm gonna get back on the on the on the beat here with it cool if you ever need anything or any information let me know i would follow jim smith because he's usually following all those cases cool. at smiley face cole on twitter too and, awesome uh, so feel free to reach out again the uh producer and journalist name is gary faust last name spelled f-a-u-s-t and you can find him at, at come and talk it. And I'll put links to his Instagram and uh, YouTube channel. So you can kind of watch these videos again. So Gary, awesome. thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you too, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Right, cool. Cool. Stay there. Stay there.